All right. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to yet another episode here at Your Life, God's Word. We are always trying to take the principles found in the Word of God and apply them to our lives, community, family, faith, doesn't matter what it is, from finances to health to how in the world to just stay saved and sane in the world in which we live. So hopefully you guys find this helpful and interesting. Definitely send us any questions or comments you may have. We can do that on the YouTube channel, on the Facebook page. Also, the best way, podcast at breadbreakers.com. That way you can write maybe even a lengthy question or something. We can deal with that in a future episode podcast at breadbreakers.com. If you have any videos that you'd like comment on, you find something on YouTube and you're curious about something, you'd like some commentary on it, send those over. We'd be happy to look at that for you. If you have questions from the Bible or whatnot, um, again, podcast at breadbreakers.com, hit us up. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Very important that we're doing that as a community so that we can grow it and reach more people and help more people with the gospel, help more people to apply the kingdom of God principles to their lives, our lives, get more people in the uh, in the interaction in the community itself. So lots of stuff going on uh, in our society. This is a uh, this is a world in turmoil in case folks don't know and 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 it's all over really there's stuff going on all over the globe but right now, in, uh, in, in our country, in the United States of America, we had a very, what I would say, a very dark day uh, in this uh, great republic. And um, I, I, video and uh, pictures and stuff of people rushing into the Capitol, um, storming the Capitol building, uh, scaring the you know the senators and stuff out and um, uh, hurting police officers and uh, there's that there is that is inexcusable. Uh, there is no there is no legitimate reason to be storming the Capitol uh, unless we're talking a tyrannical government that is absolutely uh, coming and, and, and destroying their citizens. When you have governments like that of Stalin, that government is an evil government perpetrating evil on the people. And maybe maybe you can uh, justify a, hey, we, we want to overthrow and establish a peaceful government, uh, something like that. You might be able you might be able to justify that one. Let, let's talk about that when that happens, or if that happens, or where that happens, or whatever. But what happened? Uh, that is not what happened. People were just mad. They didn't have a plan. They didn't have a plan of going in there and starting a new government. With, I mean, that that's not what their plan was. Their plan was to let off some steam, and. Uh, and, and rail against the system. And I understand, right? We, people have been locked up, cooped up with some of these lockdowns. Uh, people have been told for months that that protests are totally fine if you get violent in a, in a protest, which is wrong. That's incorrect. Um, people have been hearing things like mostly peaceful protests. I'm sorry, a husband that is mostly faithful to his wife um, 
only one day out of 30 every month does he cheat on his wife, that, that is still an adulterer, <laughs> okay? A person that is, that is mostly not a thief, only maybe like twice a year during the holidays when things get really, really tense financially, you know, then they'll go out and they'll steal stuff. But they're mostly not a thief. What in the world is a mostly peaceful protest? It's either peaceful or it's not. Peaceful is fine. You're, you're in the Constitution. We have a right to peacefully assemble. Peacefully assemble. And if cops are throwing tear gas at people that are peacefully assembled, that is abhorrent and wrong and evil. But if we're disrupting society, if we're getting out in, in, in the street and, and you know, bombing cars and running up on the Capitol building and hurting police officers, uh, this is, that's not peaceful. How is that peaceful? It's not peaceful. So uh, it, it's rightly and should be condemned. It should not be supported. And it should not be justified. Well, you know, Black Lives Matter and Antifa, they were in the streets um, doing the exact same thing, uh, right? Tearing up businesses, which this wasn't business, uh, tearing up government buildings, tearing up police stations. We also can't say, well, there weren't that many police there because people have been calling for defunding the police and shouldn't have police there. So people didn't have police there. That's not an excuse either. There should be police there should be um, a harsh treatment toward anyone who is violent. When people come and they are throwing rocks at the police because they don't like the way a vote is going, folks, that is anarchy. That is ridiculous. And we as people of God should not support that. We can support the policies of a particular president and not support violent action toward those we disagree with. Uh, let's just go on a wild scenario here. Let's pretend. Let's pretend. I'm not saying this is the case. Let, let's pretend that Donald Trump has, he's holding on to, you know, he got, got, they got, got five aces up his sleeve, right? He's got, he's got a couple of aces up his sleeve. He's ready. Um, he's got proof. Okay. Let's, let's bring that proof legally. Let's present it to the people. Let's have you know, let's have a, a, a peaceful way of bringing this out. If there's mass cheating that overturned the election, I don't want that. You don't want that. I think a poll came out, and I want to say like 17% of Democrats think that the election was stolen. It was like 30% of, of independents and like 40% of people overall, approaching 40% of people overall, something like that. Um, okay, people are open to the idea. Right? I mean, almost one in four Democrats are open to the idea that, yeah, it probably was stolen. Let's present the evidence. Let's pr let's not just have accusation. You feel like it was stolen? Well, facts over... Are we facts over feelings or not? You know, I'm wearing, I'm wearing a shirt right now. You can't see it if you're just listening to this, but, right? This is Voltron, defender of the universe. What would Voltron think? <laughs> okay? I mean, you know, this stuff is so silly. And are... are people who are peaceful and Christian and conservative and love God and want to have righteousness in this country, are we in for a world of hurt if Joe Biden and and Kamala, is it Kamala or Kamala? I don't even know. Um, I thought it was Kamala, but then I heard that it's not, and that's people are saying that to, you know, be, be derogatory. I'm not trying to. I just, I thought it was uh, Kamala. <laughs> I'll have to look it up, maybe see how she pronounced it. But anyway... I'll say Biden and Harris. Um, 
are Christians who are true Christians, are they in a world, are they in a world where their rights will probably be attacked? Probably, probably. We can, we can pray and we can seek the face of God, um, but, but probably, right? They're openly advocating uh, transgenderism for underage kids. They're openly advocating abortion. They're openly, openly advocating even prostitution. Uh, they have already openly sued and fought against churches. They have, they have attacked nuns. <laughs> I mean, they have gone after with the Justice Department. Okay, the, the federal justice department coming against organizations because of their firmly held religious beliefs. Um, yes, they are um, they are absolutely antagonistic toward true Christianity, not not squishy Christianity, not Christianity that bolds and fin- that, that, that folds and bends, um, not Christianity that that uh, is 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 unbiblical and unscriptural and they'll just yeah whatever you know we'll just mold the bible to fit whatever society believes yeah they're totally fine with uh, those types of christians because those aren't christians you're not a real that's not a real christian you're not a you're not a disciple you're not a believer of you're not a repentant regenerate sanctified believer and follower of christ you are a fraud you're a fraud when you just twist scripture to make it what what you want to believe or what society now wants to believe. You're a fraud. You're a fake. Um, I don't really, I don't think I personally know anybody like that. Maybe I do and just don't realize it. <laughs> They're really good at hiding their true colors. But but I am aware that there are churches out there like that. I'm aware you can see them on YouTube. A lot of times they're they're put out there by the world. They're, these are the churches that the that the media is totally cool with. If CNN totally loves your church, maybe CNN is making a turn and they're and they're 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 starting to get on the side of righteousness. But more likely, your church is not a real church. <laughs> I'm just again uh, because the church stands for things that CNN would find abhorrent. You know, speaking of CNN, you know, that's one of the areas where uh, Chris Cuomo just back, what was it, June, where he said that he said, show me where it says that a, that, a, that a protest is supposed to be peaceful. I mean, high level people were totally fine with with violence, totally fine. Well, they have legitimate right to be mad. That doesn't mean you have a right to get violent. Those are two different things. You have a right to be upset. OK, but do you have a right to be violent? No. <laughs> Those are different things. Uh, apparently, Chris Cuomo doesn't realize that, but you know, maybe maybe he'll come around. But again, this is a, this is the day and age in which we live, and we as true Christians need to be down the line solid on moral issues. Now, we can argue what percentage of taxes economically makes the most sense. Um, taxes are something we should have because we should have a military. And we should have shared, maybe some shared, very limited shared infrastructure, right? I like interstate highways, okay? I, I kind of like those. I don't want to have great highways over here in this state. And then when I get into this state, it's all dirt roads all the way through the state. I, I don't necessarily want that. And I'm okay with certain federal spending, right? For defense, for commerce, um, but I think most people can agree the, the, the federal government is way too big, bloated, and insane in our lives but we can just we can debate like what what's the right tax rate is it one percent or point one percent 
just being a little facetious there, but <laughs> right, we can debate on what's the proper way to do um, border security. Do we need border security? Absolutely. Um, but but we also want good immigration. We don't want thieves and murderers. We want to try to have not thieves and murderers and drug dealers coming in, but we want good, honest people coming in that want to make a better life and 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 take on the American culture. And so so we can disagree, maybe have some different discussions on that. But the church can't cannot compromise with evil. The church can't compromise with evil. We don't compromise with abortion. Abortion is murder. We don't compromise with with uh, homosexuality. Homosexuality is wrong. We don't compromise with transgenderism. Okay, if people are truly suffering from that, that's gender dysphoria. They need help. They need love and support. Not support in the way of, oh, you're seven years old and you think your gender's incorrect biologically. Like you were biologically born in the wrong body? How's that? What kind of weird? Is this the Matrix? Is this some weird, uh, uh, bizarro world where you could be born into a body but it was the wrong one? This is weird stuff. This is the science, people. No, if you believe that, you're anti-science. But the church believes, or should believe, we're created in the image of God. The Bible says, "Male and female, He made them." That that there, there's only two. There's not male-ish and female-ish. And what about hermaphrodites, right? What is that? Like 0.01% of people? That's an exception. Everybody recognizes that as an exception. An exception to what? The rule. What's the rule? The rule is binary. <laughs> it's binary, male, female. The church is against the destruction of God's image that he created. The church is against the destruction of the family. We should stand firm. I say homosexuality, but but so many churches are against that, but then they're totally uh, either winking at or brushing under the rug or not addressing adultery. Where, where's that at, right? Where the church needs to have a biblical understanding and biblical solid foundation on things like divorce and remarriage. The, the church should be down the line. Moral principles found in the Word of God, that is how we stand. Okay, I'm going to name some other things. Racism is evil. Racism is wrong. Racism is against God. There is only one race. Now, I know, I have heard, I've seen, I've gone and looked at the documentation. Uh, I don't remember if it was Berkeley. One of these schools out in um, California put out a paper that if you say there is only one race, the human race, that in itself is racist. That is the most flagrantly insane thing I've ever heard in my life. Well, not ever, but one of the top 10. <laughs> um, so I realized that when people define racism, you have to properly define it. And so I will define it for you right now. When you have antipathy, hate, problems in your heart towards somebody, merely because they differ from you in things like culture, color, um, their language, you don't like them, you have a problem with them, and that's the only difference. They, they're, they have a skin color that is different than yours or an accent that's different than yours. That is, that is racism, okay? That's racism. It's racism if you do it in the good. So if I have a business and I'm like, if you come in here and you're white, you get all these great extras, but if you're black, you sit over here in the corner, 
that's racist. But if you flip that around and you say, no, in this business, the white people go sit over there in the corner and all the black people, they get all the accolades. That, that is racist too. It's racist either way. Racism is evil. Racism is wrong. If we have hate in our heart toward our brothers and sisters of the human race simply because of their ethnic background, I'm sorry, racism is evil. L right there in the Bible, it lets us know that racism is evil. It's evil, okay? The church cannot stand for evil. We must be morally excellent according to the scriptures. We are supposed to have an excellence. So many times the scriptures will translate this as virtue in places like... I'm just, I'm just on the fly. No Bible in front of me, no notes in front of me, really. Uh, just, just, just going. Second uh, Peter chapter 1, where it talks about adding to your faith virtue. I believe it's also in Philippians 4, around 7, verses 7 and 8, where it talks about, right, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things, right? Moral excellence is what we need to be about. Moral excellence. So it's not political to call out when a, when a candidate is racist. Again, facts they are demon they're demonstrably racist what is racist well he said that um uh violence is 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 bad or or this person is pro police so they're racist that pro police is not racist there there's black hispanic white asian all there's all of these people that are on police forces okay well that bank is racist why is the bank racist? Well, because they, they won't grant loans to people that can't afford them. How is that is not racist? What what is racist about that? So again, I think, you know, I think you know, abortion. We need to what what does that mean? That's killing a child in the womb. Let's 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 be open and honest about these things. But and let's let's call it for what it is. But the church needs to be down the line. And this includes, this is where I'm going with this, this includes violence. The church is not supposed to be violent. The, the Bible, or condone violence. We're not supposed to say, well, Antifa and Black Lives, and I don't know, I, I don't know anybody personally that's actually done this. What From what I have seen, this is all I have to go by, okay? Uh, people have come out, people like Donald Trump have come out and said, this violence, we should not have violence on, on, on in the Capitol. So all I can go by is now maybe, no, he nefariously, he actually, he said that in public, but actually he's he's work, pulling the strings to make it happen. Okay, well, if you have evidence of that, I'm happy to see it. And then if I see the evidence, then I will say, okay, that's the case. But all I have to go with is what he said, okay? All I have to go with is some of these senators and, and um, House representatives and different people coming out I listen to several conservatives that, that do news and stuff come out and say, this is wrong. This is vile. This is terrible. This is not how you're supposed to do so. Uh, that, that's, how we, that's how it should be. That's true. Violence is bad. Violence is bad. We should not be condoning that. So I don't know anybody personally that is saying, well, you know, we took it for six months. Now it's time to give it. But apparently some people feel that way because look at all those people rushing the Capitol building. Now, I'm just guessing, based off of what I see so far, it appears that these are people that were like pro-Trump. I mean, there's video of people using a battering ram smashing a door, and he's there's a Trump 
flag or whatever or banner on the battering ram. <laughs> that is not a good look. And I could I would be condemning it too. I mean, dude, seriously, quit that. But it's wrong no matter what. This is the thing with God. There is a saying. There is a saying. I could try to look it up here and see like where, where it originates from. The ends justify the means. The ends justify the means. That is not scriptural. That is not scriptural. The ends do not justify the means. Um, I'm not sure where that where that originates from. Uh, let's see, just pulling it up here on old Wikipedia. It says, The end justify the means is a phrase of Sergei Nekayev, the 19th century Russian revolutionary. It means that if the goal is morally important enough, any method of getting it is okay. Okay. Um, that is completely wrong. Now, Sergev, um, Sergev, Ser, I'm sorry, Sergey Nechayev, a, a Russian revolutionary, uh, born in the 1800s, died in 1882. That is, that is incorrect. The ends do not justify the means. Now, what that's saying is if you arrive at a good place, then the way you got there doesn't, it doesn't matter. So it's okay to lie to someone and manipulate someone if you're doing it for their good. That is not how God operates, folks. I've had this conversation many times with people because in, in the church, there are two ways of arriving at a destination. Sometimes it, you know, one way is love. You're, you're patient, you're loving, you... Um, you work with people, you, you, you teach right principles, but you, but you only have to work with that person and their will. And that's why God does not work with, unless he's calling them and drawing them to himself, okay? He does not work with people that don't want to repent. He will, call, he will work with the unrepentant person to bring them to repentance. But if someone will not repent, will not conform to God's will, will not obey him, will not serve him, God does not work with them. And so the church can't do more than God does. The church is not under an obligation to try and do more than what God has said he will do. He's not going to go against somebody's will. And if somebody is unrepentant and they don't want to listen and they don't want to do that, the love route says, here's the destination. This is the way we need to go, through love. But what happens is sometimes people say, well, here's the destination. Love isn't going to work. I'm going to do it through manipulation, through fear, through intimidation tactics, and then get people to conform out of fear. And look, the destination is good. This person's shaped up. That is, the destination might be good. The end might be good. But the way you got there was wrong. And God does not just judge the end. He judged the means and the end. And hear me, church leaders. Hear me, pastors. If somebody's listening to this, if you're listening to this and your pastor thinks this way, the means justify the ends or they use fear tactics, send them this video and say, this guy is willing to come and sit down with you and talk to you about this because the ends does not justify the means. And we can look at our government. 
We can look at our churches. We can look at our families. Wives and husbands should not be manipulating and intimidating each other into compliance. We should love one another and show the way and teach the way. Strong teaching is not the same as instilling fear. Approaching someone, look at the Bible. Look at Jesus. I mean, he pointed his finger in the in the finger or in the finger in the face of some of these Pharisees, Sadducees, but he also pointed his finger at sinners and said, "Stop sinning. You're in sin right now." Jesus called people out. The rich young ruler, he came and Jesus called him out and said, "You got to go do this." Okay, go do this. This is what you need. Say, saying it straight to people is not fear and intimidation. Now, people may not like it. Okay, just because people don't like the means, that that doesn't make it wrong. It's when the means themselves are truly wrong. Fear tactics, manipulation, intimidation, that is witchcraft. That is forcing people, trying to override their will, trying to impose your will on people. So even if your intentions are good, if your means is fear, intimidation, things like that, it's wrong. It's wrong. The means and the ends must both comply with the principles of God's kingdom. And so as people of God, we should be consistent in that. We do not try to get our way through intimidating people and threatening with violence. Well, what if the other side's doing that? Is Black Lives Matter doing that? Yes. Is Antifa doing that? Yes. And it's wrong. But violence to try and curb somebody's opinion is is just wrong. It's not only wrong when Antifa is doing it. It's wrong when anyone is doing it. It doesn't matter if they're Black, white, Hispanic, Asian, a total Heinz 57, right? 14 different (laughs) combinations. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're poor or if you're rich. It doesn't matter if you're in the government and in power or you're not in the government and don't have any power. It doesn't matter if you live on this side of town or that side of town. It doesn't matter if you're on the West Coast or the East Coast, if you're in China, Australia, America, Antarctica, or Africa. It does not matter. It does not matter. The ends don't justify the means, and looting and rioting is wrong. A peaceful p- protest, tens of thousands of people in the street praying and saying, we do not agree with this. Do it. Show them the numbers. Pray. Show them we are going to be voting you out. I promise you, if every Christian in this nation decided we are going to vote according to God's morality, I promise you politicians would shape up. Now, what what does that mean? That does mean that Christians have to know a little bit. They got to know a little bit about candidates. They got to know a little bit about the government. They got, you know, because because again, right? If you're if you're faced with the with two options, neither of them are, are are great. We're not voting Jesus into office, okay? One is, you know, pro-abortion. The other is not. But the other 
I don't know, is is really sarcastic and, and kind of cuts people down. And that's not a good thing either. Okay, killing babies or overly sarcastic. Okay, Christians need to learn how to prioritize. Now, you might say, I can't in good conscience vote for anyone. Then don't vote because you're saying, look, I, I can't vote for either one. But, but there is an order of priority, right? There is an order of priority. Um, maybe someone has uh, a policies um, when it comes to uh, when it comes to border border security, and you think no, you know I, I don't like the way that you know I don't like the way that they 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 like open borders. Okay, we got somebody that likes open borders, um, and that's their problem. They they like open borders, and I don't like open borders. But the other the other candidate the other candidate. It's like, yeah, we should take children away from parents if the parents won't let them be transgender. Okay, border security, transgender, destroying the image of God, sticking your finger in the face of God. Uh, Christians should be able to weigh those out and prioritize those. Let's get all the really evil stuff off the agenda, and then let's let's trickle down all the way to the stuff that's it's amoral. It's not really good or evil. It's just, hey, how do we want to govern, right? That Back to my example of, hey, what tax rate should we have? We probably need some taxes. Let's argue about that a little bit. Um, but we need, as people of God, we need, as people of God, to understand how we are supposed to behave. This is all a problem because so many people have their hope in the wrong place. Uh, I taught on this a couple of weeks ago. You can go check out the the, the message that we have in the archives. Um, the only way out is up. That, that was the title of it. The only way out is up. And the premise is we don't depend on government officials. We don't depend on government. We don't have faith or not have faith depending on uh, who's in office. We trust God. So whatever happens, we trust God. Uh, if God wants to bring judgment on this country and put somebody in office that's going to take this country down the tubes, uh, God allowed that. And let's trust God and be on his side. And God is able to uh, carve out a remnant of people that he protects. He did this in uh, many places throughout the, the scriptures. So if we believe the scriptures, we believe that, it, that he can do that. And there are times as people go through persecution. People going through persecution does not mean God does not love them, but it means God is correct when he said, you will go through persecution. <laughs> you will have tribulation. He He said that. Why would we be surprised if it starts to happen? God can keep us. God can help us endure. The Bible has many scriptures about endurance, and we in America often are like, oh, what's that even in the Bible? We don't got to endure. Well, maybe it's our turn to endure a little bit. Speaking of, of that, maybe it's our turn. A couple of points. First, I'm, I'm very aware there are many prophets who have said Trump is a two-term president. Now, I know if you like a guy or a lady and they turn out to be a false prophet, you're still going to follow them. I get it. Okay, You're not going to look and say, whoa, this person was off, not listen to their prophecies anymore. Because we as Americans, we like our stuff and we don't want to live in reality. But if you want to live in reality... If you want to live in reality, I'm here to tell you, if someone prophesied that Trump is a two-term president, Trump is, a, he's going to have a second term. 
and then he doesn't. Hey, it's not over yet. God, God, God can weigh in at any time. Even after the inauguration, God can decide, you know what? I am going to step in and do it like this, 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 and this. These people have no control. God laughs at this stuff. I was listening to somebody recently said they had a dream. Uh, all this stuff was going on, and God just started laughing. In the, in they, what they saw was God was laughing and, and mocking and being like, these people think they're in control. <laughs> this is hilarious. Look at these. Look at these. Look at this dust that I created. Think they are the ones in control. This is hilarious. That is the way it is. God is in control. But if God decides he's not going to have a second term and people prophesy that he would have a second term, that person prophesied falsely. They got it wrong. Now, I understand you and I, right, if we like somebody, we can make excuses. We can say, well, I mean, maybe the church wasn't praying enough or, or maybe, you know, maybe this and maybe that. Folks, the only test of prophecy is if it's accurate. If, if people can just prophesy inaccurate stuff, how do you ever judge a prophecy? That, that makes no sense. Listen, you need to do this because this is going to happen. Thus saith the Lord. I'm not talking about somebody coming and saying, look, here's what the scriptures say. Here's what I'm feeling. This isn't from God, but I just think this should happen. Okay, that person just gave you their godly advice. I'm talking about somebody stepping up and saying, thus saith the Lord. This is the way it's going to be. Now you have taken on yourself carrying the voice of the Lord as a prophet. If you're wrong, that's a false prophecy. You need to repent and go back to the drawing board, and people need to give you time and space to figure things out and to, again, repent. I'm not saying that we should stone a false prophet nowadays. There should be grace because there are teachers of the scriptures who get things wrong and then repent and come and say, listen, I, I did see it this way, but it really, that was out of sincerity and I was wrong. But they, there needs to be genuine public repentance. And then we don't need to just be like, oh, well, they said it, it must be gospel. No, I don't think so. So some of these people prophesying that stuff, if they prophesied that Trump is a two-term president, I'm here to tell you right now, you, you may not like it, but if they prophesied that Trump is a two-term president and he ends up not having a second term, that's a false prophecy. Okay, That's a false prophecy. Now, I, I would say the only way out of that would be, you know, he runs again next year and, and he wins. Okay, so I guess until Trump dies, we could say, well, I mean... That, you know, that I mean, that's the only out I could see that and it depends, right? Because some of these folks are, they don't mean he gets a term, he loses, he comes back and wins again. They mean he loses and they mean he actually gets back to back consecutive terms. So if that's your stance and it doesn't happen, you are a false prophet. You need to go pray and seek the face of God and get your prophecies accurate. Or maybe you should just say, I feel this is the way it's going to be, but you know, I, I really don't know. Now, if he pulls it out somehow, I promise you at this point, Biden is the, he is the official president-elect. They, they had the, the votes tallied. They had the electoral college. Congress uh, recognized 
the Electoral College, this is the process we go through. He is the president-elect, and on Inauguration Day, he will be the president of the United States. <laughs> Again, God can do whatever he wants. And at this point, if something happens to turn it around, I promise you, it was God. Now, it may be, oh, no, look at this little thing that happened. No, at this point, whatever happens, it is God. It is absolutely God. The legal, the legal timeline has run out. The legal process has run out. The, the schemes of man have run out. At this point, and from before, but I'm just, you know, obviously, at, at this point, it's even more obvious, I should say. It is God. Whatever happens is God. And if Biden is president and that's what happens in the next four years, whatever, that God decided that was the way it's going to be. And prophets need to be judged based off of the accuracy of their prophecies. And if, there's, if that is not a standard, then prophecy is meaningless. Prophecy is meaningless. If people can just get up and prophesy and it's either right or not, why don't we just have opinionizing? Why prophesying? It's opinionizing. Because all it is is their opinion and nobody can really know if it's accurate or not. Because if it's inaccurate, we're going to twist and turn and try to figure out a way that it was. That's ridiculous. This is why the Bible says in Thessalonians, was it 1 Thessalonians 5? despise not prophesying. Why, why would people despise prophesying? Well, people despise prophesying. One, maybe they don't like the prophecy. It turns out to be true and they didn't like it. But in the church, there's no mechanism to deal with false prophets like in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, you stoned them, so people were very cautious with false prophecies, or, or they should be, right? Um, in the church, people need to have the same reverence. But that, yeah, you could just start to despise prophesying. I would, anybody would, when there's no mechanism. And like I said at the very beginning, all of what I just said is for people who are part of the true church, people who are part of the true ecclesia, people who want reality. You want prophecy and the gifts of the Spirit, but you also want it to be in balance with the Scriptures and reality. Um, if you just happen to like somebody and you're going to like them and, and believe them no matter what, I'm not talking to you. You're a fraud. I'm not talking to you. Um, because you're going to listen to a false prophecy, and you're going to make excuses why it wasn't false. I'm not talking to you. I'm calling you out as a fraud, but I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I am talking to you. I'm t calling you a fraud. But I'm, I'm saying, no, the true church longs for prophecy. We lo I long for real prophecy. But real prophecy is testable, and real prophecy will come to be true. That's the way it is. Like I said, there is one out, okay? And we would have to see, I guess, until Trump dies, but that's it. That's the only out. It doesn't go to his lineage. Well, well maybe one of his great-great-grandchildren. No, nobody said great-great-grandchildren. People said he is a two-term president, okay? Let's test that. Let's test that. And the Bible does say test prophecies, hold fast to what's good, reject what's not. That's in the Bible, that's in your Bible. 1 Thessalonians 5, go read it. Don't despise prophesying. Test, right? Hold to what's good. You can keep the junk. So I'm going to say right now, all the people that are false prophets, keep keep your junk. Keep your, 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 your false prophecies. I'm not going to listen to that, and nobody else should either. And I'm not saying people are false prophets yet. Again, we got, what? 12 days. There's a lot can happen. God can do on the day of. Okay? He God can do what he wants, and I am willing to follow God. I am not willing to follow people. 
I am not willing to put my faith and hope in some prophet. My hope is in Christ. I'm not willing to put my faith and hope in some church organization. My hope is in Christ. I'm not willing to put my faith and hope in the government of all things. Good Lord. But what I will put my faith and hope and trust in is this. Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That's all I care to know. What I care to know is the kingdom of God. That's what I want to know. That's what I want to stand firm on. Now, I do want to give some people some hope. Some, you know, you might be thinking, oh my goodness, we're in for a world of hurt, world of pain. Maybe, maybe for, for decades. I don't know. What's it going to look like? Let me just let me just give you some some history. The the Civil War. The there's an article that the New York Times put out and they estimated there were about 750,000 people, three-quarters of a million people, died in the Civil War. Three-quarters of a million people. Traumatic, terrible, dark, 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 dark time. Brothers in the same country killing each other on the battlefield to the tune of three-quarters of a million people. My goodness, a whole generation wrecked. That happened. That happened. But we survived. Abraham Lincoln was assassinated. Assassinated. April 14, 1865. We had the assassination of a sitting U.S. president. Many people know that because it was probably one of the most popular, but 16 years later, July 2nd, 1881, James Garfield, another president, was assassinated. Not even 20 years later, okay? That was 1881. 20 years later, in September of 1901, William McKinley was assassinated. Now, folks, when when the tensions in a country are going to the level that people are assassinating. I'm not talking about assassinating their character, talking bad about them on Twitter. I'm talking about killing them. That is a dark time, a dark day. Dark day in American history. Let's look at this about McKinley. This is 1901. The assassination of United States President William McKinley took place 407 Friday, September 6, 1901 at the Temple of Music in Buffalo, New York. McKinley, attending the Pan American Exposition, was shot twice in the abdomen at close range by Leon Chosgoles, it looks like. Chosgoles, an anarchist who was armed with a 32 caliber revolver that was concealed underneath a handkerchief. The first bullet ricocheted off either a button or an award medal on McKinley's jacket and lodged in his sleeve. The second shot pierced his stomach. Although McKinley initially appeared to be recovering, his condition rapidly declined due to gangrene setting in around his wounds, and he died September 14, 1901, 2.15 a.m. That's a dark time, folks. An anarchist, someone who's, again, violent against government, wants to tear it all down in the eyes of and the mouths and the actions of people today. We are hearing some of this stuff today come from some of these groups, right? We're Marxist. What does that mean? Well, Marxist, that, that, that's communist. Communist revolutionaries is what we have in this country. 
We're anarchists. This is what anarchists do. So we shouldn't be surprised, but it's happened before. I know we always think that this is the worst of the worst that it's ever been. And even if it is, like I said, our hope is in Jesus Christ. But I'm giving you some hope that, you know what, it's not even the worst it's ever been. John F. Kennedy, everybody knows about John F. Kennedy. John F. Kennedy was assassinated, folks. Murdered. A president. Speaking of communists, right? November 22nd, 1963. So we had gone a, a period of, what, 60-plus years, and it hadn't happened, and boom, assassination. Dark times in our history, folks. Dark times in our history. But he wasn't, see, during that time, the decade of the 60s was one of the darkest times in American history. One of the darkest times in American history. Now, this is when the Civil Rights Movement and all this stuff is happening, but the Civil Rights Movement, okay, was there were some good intentions, good ideas that sprang from that. Things like equality. Hey, like Martin Luther King said, uh, Jr., MLK, we, he, you know, he, we, America needs to live up to its ideals. And that's a beautiful thing. That's a true thing. But during that time, there was anarchy. There were bombings. There were riots. There was all kinds of terrible, traumatic things that happened. And a lot of people, you know, we're not even born then. People even in their, uh, you know, 40s and 50s now either weren't born or were so young, don't even, don't even remember, don't know what was going on. And, and you know how we are. We're Americans. We know nothing about history. We don't ever <laughs> History is some class we took. We passed that in high school. We're out of here, man. But, and, and unfortunately, a lot of high schools don't even teach history. They teach a bunch of nonsense and pass it as history. But if you learn actual real history, you'll learn that they, these were dark days. So that happened in 1963, November 22nd, 1963. But during that era, do you remember, right? Within a couple of months of each other in 1968, this is five years after JFK is assassinated, Martin Luther King and Robert Kennedy, JFK's brother, were both assassinated within a couple of months of each other. And this is all within a five-year time period. So within a five-year kind of a a five-year time period, you've got JFK assassinated. You've got Martin Luther King Jr. assassinated. You've got Robert Kennedy assassinated. Can you imagine living during that time thinking, what is going on? What's next? Bombs going off on college campuses. All, all kinds of anarchy in the streets. Can you imagine living during that time and thinking, what a dark day this is? You've got the Supreme Court making decision after decision, destroying the church, destroying prayer out of schools, right? That happened during this time. Roe v. Wade, right, in the early 70s. Folks, this was a time in American history, a little over a decade, if you count from, say, 1960 to 1975, somewhere in there, or maybe even 1980, call it two decades. This was a time of utter darkness and utter turmoil. This was a time of absolute hopelessness. This was a time when America was ripping each other apart at the seams. Did you ever watch some of those movies about during that time, some of the revivals that happened? Washed over this nation? That's what needs to happen now, because our hope is not in man. Our hope is in Jesus Christ. And what we need right now is the church to arise in hope. We need a revival again. We need to come together as one 
in Christ, let's show this world how it's supposed to look. Let's show this world how it's supposed to happen. Let's show this world. Now, of course, that means we got to get our house straight. We got to be straight in the church. We got to understand the church, what's right, what's not, moral excellence within the church. It needs to start in the church. Judgment begins in the house of God. But then let's show the world this is how it should be. We should have we should have disagreements that we can come together and still love one another. We we can have we can have differings of opinion. We can have strong differences of opinion on certain things and still come together as one, the family of God. And in America, we can come together as the family united as Americans. West coast to east coast, north to south, we can come together and be one. How do you come from the, the north versus south, three quarters of a million people dead? How do you, how do you bind that back together? Abraham Lincoln, through his faith and open proclamation of Christ, God, prayers, it is through the grace of God that you can still bind that together. And so we have not had a civil war where three quarters of a million people have died. And I would say we can definitely mend what we have right now. Because it has been far worse in this country just 60 years ago, 50 to 60 years ago. It was way worse. Came out of that, we can once again arise. This world needs to see, this world needs to see what we should be. And it is the ecclesia that should be in the front leading the charge showing people this is how the world should look because we are the governing body in the in the earth we are the we are the ecclesia right the the called out ones who are called to what to govern that's who we are so we should be in the front showing people this is the way we'll throw out there to uh <laughs> folks who like the mandalorian this is the way, though. We need to be the ones. So let's first turn inward. Repent of our disunity, disharmony. Repent of our pointing at each other, talking bad, gossiping, pulling each other, pulling at the seams, ripping the church the church apart over nonsense. Let's start at the church level and show the world how it's supposed to be. That's what happened in the '60s. That's what happened in the 1800s. We need to come together in adoration of our God. We need to come together in Christ. We need to come together in repentance. And we will see a glorious awakening across our country in the name of Jesus. So I hope this has helped you. Please don't forget. Please don't forget. I want to hear from you. What do you think about this? Like, share, comment, YouTube, subscribe, hit that bell. Podcast at breadbreakers.com if you'd like us to address something on the on the podcast itself. Love you. God bless you. Trust in God. Hope in Christ. Let's be the light. Let's be the ecclesia in the name of Jesus Christ. Love you. We'll catch you on the next episode.